Blog Talk Radio. Bucka, 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 bucka. Ha <laughs> You know the deal? This is me, though. Beast by Supremo for all of my people. Negroes and Latinos. And even the gringos. Yo, check it, one for Charlie Hustle, two for Steady Rock, three for the four coming live, future shot. Five dimensions, six senses, seven from a mess of heaven to hell, eight million stories to tell, nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable tenth. The universe expands left, the body of my text possess extra strength, power lifted, powerless, up, out of this, tower and inferno. My ain't so hot and burn through the journal, I'm black at midnight on bro, where you myrtle. Hip hop past all your tall social hurdles like the nationwide Projects, prison industry complex Working class poor better keep your alarm set Streets too loud to ever hear freedom ring Say you're back in with your sleep It's dangerous to dream But your chain cats hit they chip You dead now Killing fields need blood to graze the cash cow It's a numbers game but shit don't add up somehow Like I got 16 to 32 bars to rock it But only 15% of profits Ever seen my pockets like 69 billion In the last 20 years spent on national defense But folks still live in fear like Nearly half of America's largest cities is one quarter the black, that's why they gave Ricky Ross all the crap. 16 ounces to a pound, 20 more to a key. A five minute sentence hearing and you no longer free. 40% of Americans own a cell phone so they can hear everything that you say when you ain't home. I guess Michael Jackson was right. You are not alone. Rock your hard half black as you in the terror zone. Full of hard niggas, large niggas, dice tumblers. Young teens in prison greens facing life numbers. Crack mothers, crack babies, and maze paces. Young blood can't spell, but they can rock you a PlayStation. Snoo Mavis with a mother. Ass. You want to know how to rhyme, you better learn how to add. It's mathematics. <laughs> Mighty most definitely. It's, it's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I revolve around science. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I revolve around science. What are we talking about here? Two sides to every story, three strikes and you bitten for life. Mandatory. Four MCs murdered in the last four years. I ain't trying to be the fifth when the millennium is here. Yo, a six million ways to die. From the seven deadly thrills. Eight year olds getting found with nine mills. It's simply in where you see that. What's the deal? They on the hill pumping krills to keep their bellies filled. Lighting the ass with heavy steel. Sights on the pretty shit in life. Young soldiers trying to earn their next strike. When the average minimum wage is 515, you best believe you gotta find a new grind to get cream. The white Unemployment rate is nearly more than triple for blacks. Frontliners got their gun in your back. Bubble and crack. Jews after robbery to combat poverty and end up in the global jail economy. Stiffer stipulations attached to each sentence. Budget cutbacks but increased police presence. And even if you get out of prison, still living, join the other five million under state supervision. This is business. No faces, just lines and statistics from your phone. Your zip code to SSI digits. The system break man channel women in the figures. Two columns for who is and who ain't. Niggas, numbers is hard and real and they never have feelings But you push too hard, even numbers got limits Why the one straw break the camel back is the secret The million other straws underneath it, it's all mathematics Mighty more it's simple mathematics Check it out, I'll revolve around science What are we talking about here? Mighty more it's simple mathematics Check it out, 
about here. Law. Put on the mind of God is what you have to do. What does that mean? Go get something. You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. The becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, You'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. Undivided. Unbroken. Complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can, I know how, I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it, because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously, it doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If you're subconscious, keeps making you make mistakes it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G. O-D, right now. I am master, able, and noble, right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G-O-D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you is supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... You, what do you mean not many? We got so many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking poor. Quit thinking I don't have it. I don't, 
I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win 20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible. And the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got ready to close the book, the Spirit told her, don't close that book. Write them numbers down. <laughs> and, 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 and carried them to the window. Wait a minute. I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money, because a penny is money, and He'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. You know, I'm sick. It's okey-doke. You know, I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. <laughs> quit going. Quit going for okie doke. You hear me? Now I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one who will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. See? A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always listen. When you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for when you stop listening to your own truth. Take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way, and one way only. By desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire is the law of mind and action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire. If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not going to become God, certainly not by accident. 
That's a car running over you, not God. You have to have it in here. If you want to be a servant, that's already in there. That's easy. Upgrade. You heard the statement, all oh, grow up. Well, yeah, grow up. <laughs> and find out you might be 25 feet tall. <laughs> That's the Reverend Biscuit in me coming out there. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet, and his and her culture, laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. <laughs> into your mind, body, and soul. magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people but you know if you have a jealous spirit oh look at that why should they have that when I've got so little yeah because you you work you operate your mouth against yourself that's why there's a verse of scripture also said that says thou art ensnared by the word of thy mouth you know the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. <laughs> Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know. I just know. I, I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial group and, and my perennial group. The remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get by. And then the ones that my generation used was, How's it going, man? I made it. I made it. 
Now that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look this is where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it, but I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of Black America since we were imprisoned in this country culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through was the theme of survival for the captured Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. All right, all right, peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is Metaphysics Thursday. This is an extension of The Bottom Line. This is a, a new series that we're going to be rocking. Uh, tonight, I am going to... Um, dive into some information. I'm not going. I'm not going to teach the information tonight. I'm actually going to, to play some information for you. Um, and uh, we'll every Thursday we'll we'll dive into some metaphysical information. It'll be a little bit different depending upon uh, who's presenting the information. But tonight I am going to present some information to you that I think that will be definitely worth listening to. Um, this information is called When Was the Beginning and When Did It Take Place, right? And we're talking about the beginning of time, right? And as we get more um, into the study of metaphysics, um, I think that it's really important that, you know, you, you look at this from a holistic perspective. Because remember, metaphysics is the branch of philosophy that deals with the first principle of things, right? So this means abstract concepts um, such as dealing with beings, uh, knowing substances, um, identity, time, it deals with space. So we're talking about stuff that deals with some real linear subjects, right? So we're going to get into this tonight, um, you know, and hopefully this information will resonate with some of y'all, right? And you'll be able to take this information and use it. Um, but we're going to get into it. And um, call lines are wide open. If you want to holler at me, you can press the number one, all right? And we will we will go through this information. We'll take a break in the middle of it, and we'll come back and dive into some more of the information. All right. So with that being said, um, we're gonna gonna get into it. All right. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. We're gonna dive on. Play it small. 
You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. Could you please explain the beginning? By the beginning, I assume you mean the book of Genesis, because you have beginning from my creation in the book of Genesis, and then you have a beginning even in the Quran of the Muslims. You have a beginning of the Hindus, beginning of the Baha'i, beginning of the Sikhs, beginning of the Buddhists. You have a beginning of people all over the world. Many of the Native Americans have a story at the beginning. None of these stories go back as far as the Sumerian story of the beginning, which is recorded on cuneiform tablets, mm-hmm. right, and their tablets, especially the language cuneiform or red script, itself comes out of Egypt, out of a language called Nuwapic, mm-hmm. right, which is an ancient mystical language. They have many dialects in Egypt, Demotic, Heretic, so on, so it's associated with Aramic or Hebrew. We're going to say that because I want to make clear when we start talking about Genesis, in the Bible, and we use this language that they have in the Bible that they're calling Hebrew, but we know Hebrew didn't really exist because Abraham or Abraham, a Chaldean, wasn't a Hebrew, was called a Hebrew. He was a Chaldean, and he worshipped the Chaldean god, the sun god. He had introduced to the god Elion El by a man called Melchizedek, who wasn't a Hebrew, who was a ruler of another land called Salam, which is a birthplace of Jerusalem before Jerusalem became Jerusalem. Jebus, one of Canaan's sons, and so on, from that ancient kingdom. So, when you say beginning, right, you got to understand that there's different beginnings, and the Bible beginning is not the oldest beginning. Though Christians and Muslims alike would like to think that the Bible is they're holding their hand when it says, in the beginning, it's the beginning of everything. But there's certain things that happen down through that same book that reveal that this couldn't have been the very beginning. Because statements like the goal of that land is good, mm-hmm. mentioned in Genesis chapter 2. And it's talking about the land of Cush when you look at it in Hebrew, as they're calling it. And that's, that's called Ethiopia. And they try to give you the, uh, try to get you to believe that the Bible had its beginning over in the Middle East, mm-hmm. as opposed to Ethiopia, which is in Africa. Right. But the statement about the four rivers, Keeps ending down on the Tigris and Euphrates and poured out of Nubia, which is ancient Egypt, which is Cush, Ham, Put, Mizraim, uh, etc. Those are families of that area. So the beginning changes if you go back to the land in which they stay the beginning in Genesis is talking about. If we get over there and actually stop and look, we'll find that the beginning story changes in Egypt. Those kinds of those sound very similar. Mm-hmm. You hear me? So to look at it, let's say we'll start with uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. That's always the best place to start, right? You see, Bereshit, Barra Elohim, El Hashemayim, Wa'el Rit, Haharit. All right. And this translates closely as Bet. The first letter there is the Hebrew letter Bet. Bet is symbolic for the Hebrew word Bet for house or a bull. Something in which something is encased. The original ancient root from the ancient Chaldean language is bad. Bad, and it means where a person goes inside and goes to sleep or rest. Maybe bed came from that in English. But the original initial letter in most Semitic languages, after you get past the Alif, you come to the letter bet or ba or be or bet. 
you keep coming back, obey your English, that which is not Semitic, but only European languages, but all of that is letter B. And B, for some strange reason, is the first letter of the Torah. It's the first letter of the Quran of the Muslim. But though they say that the Quran started in the uh, 10th, so and so and so and so and so, Muhammad was in a cave, etc. Et the first thing said to him was, Right? Which meant read or recite in the name of your rabbi. Rab is a Judaic name for Rabbi Rabboni, right? Master or teacher. So in the Quran, is no more than read in the name of your rabbi, really. But it becomes Lord, which is equivalent to Yahweh or Yahweh or Jehovah. And we know that's a physical being, as we explained last week, mm-hmm. and, we're, and this can continue. But so it's the Quran first revelation is that explained. So they start saying, Bismillahir Rahman Rahim, or Bismillah El Rahman Rahim, however they want to destroy it as they create the grammatical games. But it starts off with that letter best too. And then you go to the book of the New Testament of the Bible, the Apocrypha, and then you come down with Biblos as the first word. And that a Greek word, biblos, meaning little book, is the very first word and the first letter in the New Testament. Biblos. So now you go from the Torah or the Old Testament, and the first letter is ba, or barashit, right? And then you go to the New Testament, and it's biblos, with a B, from beta, from Greek. And then you go to the Quran, another book born out of these books, a lot of books that I realize, but their religion was born out of today as a Christian. Right? And you get another one. Bismillah. Like in Bismillah. Bismillah. And it's the same thing. Another letter. Bet. All these letters symbolize the same thing when they go down to what they call the hidden meaning of it. And that's the house of the abode where something where people rest and wake up. Go to sleep and wake up. So when we go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we first got to understand that there is no word beginning. But what they call it, beginning. You see, the letter B is there again. B is the second point. B, Ben, Ben, song, Benaya in ancient language. B, Benaya symbolizes to build or construct something. You see that? So now that gives you another outlook on what the Bible is trying to say when you look at it from Benaya, beginning. And now the Hebrew, when you see Barashit, and the word Rashi is the same word as Ra'as or Rashish, which means to be the head on a body, to be up front. A president is called Arais. This is a leader, that which begins something, at the head of something. But because the Ben is there, Ben in Hebrew means inside of. Not at the beginning, not at the start of, but rather inside of something. So therefore, the word here, Rashi, for head or beginning, as they're saying, for the beginning, is being prefixed by B. So they're talking about a period of time and that this event is taking place within the beginning. This is not at the beginning. And we know it's not at the beginning for several reasons. One, the age of the planet versus the age of the sun and the moon. 
the minimum. Now, but everybody, anybody who studies 
I'm going to tell you, there's no such thing as a unicorn. None has ever been found. There's never been no bones, no discovery, no undevelopments. It was a mythological creature. But according to the Bible, it's not a mythological creature. It really exists. But God would not use a mythological creature as an example. Sure. So now how do we deal with that? We accept the fact that in the Bible, there's some things that are mythological. Or do we say unicorns really exist? If we say unicorns really exist, then we're agreeing to the mythological. Then we have to say how many other things that we've been taught and accepted as facts are merely myth. That becomes another problem that people don't want to address. You go to your Bible, you read it, you look at the commentary, you look and try to investigate it and find those few words there in the Hebrew, there's a language that's saying the Bible then. So now how do you explain that? That takes us back to Genesis. When you start talking about the beginning, picking the sun, the moon, the stars, popping out a man's rib and closing the body up and not calling it surgery and taking from that rib and creating a woman and not calling it genetic splicing because you don't want to use a modern term because you start using modern terms, you start using scientific data, you're going to have to continue with it and then scientific data and modern terms might disagree with the mythological beliefs of your Bible. And then you have a problem. But then you have a problem with having a woman have a baby without a male, which would be the blessed mother Mary. That would become a problem to you. So then you say, to save faith and to make money and to capitalize on people, I suppose you got to have faith. You start using the word faith. You start using the word belief. You start using all kind of words that have nothing to do with confirmation and the statement, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You need the truth. You need confirmation. That has to be pushed out the window in certain churches. And that's all here about the facts. But we're looking at dinosaurs. They're finding dinosaurs, and they predate the Genesis story. They're finding fossils. They're finding pottery, pottery in North America that predate the Bible story in the Middle East. And they finally say that the problem is, do they say that our timeline in the Bible is wrong? Or they just think that people reading the King James Version, the St. Jerome, the Tyndale, the Jehovah's Witness Version, which are versions of translations, are missing what's really happening here because their pastors and their reverends have not taken the time to learn the language. Are you saying that it's very important for them to understand the language of the Bible that was written and for them to get the actual meaning? Yes, exactly what I'm saying. Just imagine what that sounds like. Just imagine what it sounds like for a person to come into a foreign country, and he's in the middle of the city, and he's lost because he can't speak the language, and he can't read the language. He could be standing right on Peachtree, down down under the sign, being a professor, a genius, a scientist, right, and walk up to a bum with no education and say, where is Peachtree or Drive? And the bum will look up and say, fool, can't you see that sign right there? It's right in front of you. And the bum will stagger off there. How dumb can you be? Sign right there in front of you. Because the bum recognized the language on the sign and knew that was Peach Street. But the foreigner, who may be a genius in everything else, couldn't do that. I'm saying I'd say a brother may be a genius in faith, may be a genius in belief, may be an excellent preacher, may be a good singer, may stomp around and rev up the spirit in the church. He's like a foreigner. He's very intelligent, but he can't read the sign. So he's losing people. He's telling people the wrong street. The first inquiry is why is the street named after the peach? You have to be in Georgia and understand that this is the state of the country. Then you understand why there's a peach there. You don't get the roots of why I think that who put that there. Why is the sign? But so the preacher could be a good preacher, be a wonderful person, be totally sinning in his heart, be out there thinking he's doing the best he's doing. 
good, but right. he is misleading people because he hasn't taken the time to master the language. And nowadays there's no excuse. Because you got online Bible computer, you got Spawn's concordances, you got logos Bible. That's right. You can get in there with a computer, spend a little time. If you go to college and you got a computer. So if you got a computer, you got these software. And if you got these software, and then you come to your congregation and talk about faith and belief over facts, then you are perfectly trying to deceive people. But we know you know better because I have the software. And I can go in and verify Hebrew and check words anytime I want. I got the software in the Quran. But I can go in and check the Arabic to see if it makes sense. Because you have the ability to do that. So then the next question should be, why don't you? Because you come across stuff like a unicorn, you won't be able to explain it. You come across great whales. And whales, we know in the Bible, it says in Genesis, there were great whales. We know that whales are mammals. Who were on land first, then went into sea. They proved they not only have lungs, they have gills and lungs, and they also have hips. Which means they used to walk. This is a fact. The great whale. When you look up great whale, what do you get in there? You get fish. The Hebrew word does a fish? No, you get canine. A dragon. The word canine dragon is there. Now, is there such thing as dragon? When we go to Revelations, we also see the battle between Michael and a dragon. What kind of dragon? Chinese dragon? You know what I'm saying? Some creatures spit out fire that we see in movies all around us. Is there something as a real dragon? Has dragons been found? Any place on the planet? Has bones of dragons been found? Is it possible for a creature to be part reptilian or dragon beast and spit out fire? Or is this another mythological statement? Because you see whale. And then the word for whale is hooked. The word for fish is dug. This head word is tenin. Another word they use with devil even. So now it's been in Genesis. What's that? Thank you. Genesis 121. They make it right there clear to you. Now what we have again, are dinosaurs real? Because a whale is a dinosaur just like a dolphin. You know what else is a dinosaur? An alligator is a dinosaur. A turtle is a dinosaur. Most of your lizards are dinosaurs. Hippopotamus is a dinosaur. These are creatures that have been around longer in your Bible and in other people's records in other parts of the world, in Egypt, in South America, and they talk about these creatures. They're going sea creatures, but they're not dragons. Dragon is a Far Eastern concept out of China, an Asian concept, something that comes out of their own ritual, but they still exist in the day. Go to any Chinese city on New Year's and dragons dancing down the street. But the Bible's making reference to calling the whale a dragon. You want to separate the two, because we're in a day and time of information. And God would not leave us stupid. But if we want to wobble around in old ways and not bring our way of life, but it's more than religion now. Christianity is no longer a religion. Christianity is now a way of life. Stop calling it just another religion. Mm-hmm. It has to become your way of life. You have to live it. You have to breathe it. You have to think it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to the guidelines of your way of life, call the Holy Bible. You have to go in there letter by letter, word by word, from the written language that it was put in so you can grasp where it's trying to take you. Otherwise, you're going to be lost like so many people are and misled by blind leading mm-hmm. blind. You follow? Okay, let me finish on that. So we get a statement in the beginning. You understand those bees? That letter bake in the house, in Bas, is there Bas Hashish? And then it says Bara. The word Bara, right, again, is another bee. It is to redo something. Bara, to make something. But the word create in the English language, creation comes from the word to grow. Look at the word creation, and you'll find that the word creation in any dictionary, its root is to grow. Mm-hmm. Now, to grow means you already have to have some 
you need the weather. You need the rain. You need the clouds. And you need the soil. And all of that has to work in rhythm at the right time. You plant the seeds at the wrong time, you're growing up. If you have the wrong kind of seed for the wrong environment, you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Them you just can't grow apples in the wrong place, and they can't grow oranges up there in Canada. Mm-hmm. It just ain't going to work. So when they speak about creation and creating man from the dusty ground or growing him, because that's what the word means, the conditioning way he's located has to be, and it has to be right for that man. And if scientists have proved that the oldest people on the planet have been proven, regardless of the new fake data they need to make themselves feel for them, some bones they found a way of this crap. But it's been proven old bones is Uganda, Africa. Then God shaped man out of African soil. That must be the richest soil, the best on the planet. And that soil is the same one where he said the best gold comes from. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yeah. Right, so we got to get these points in our mind. Because now we say, when it says here, inside or within the beginning, within this state of the head of things, it says, but not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There was a remaking. A making of something. Take things from things here and make them mm-hmm. to grow something. Mm-hmm. And it says, what's grown there? Or who did it? It says, Elohim. Elohim. Or Elohim, when it's pronounced. Elohim. Mm-hmm. Elohim, as you heard many times, is a plural form of Elo. Mm-hmm. Right? The source, the creator, the God. Anything you call it. In this case, it's a plural. Mm-hmm. So it says, at the end of the in, in the beginning of things, things were being made by a group of beings. Right? What did they make? Is the next question. It says F the. Then what do you have? Hashem. 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 Shem means up there. Hashem. Shema. Hebrew. Up there. But this is Shemayim. Shemayim. Shemayim is plural again. Like in the head of things, when things were being made by a group of beings, what things did they make? They made heavens. They made things up there. You see? But they're giving you an opposite. They're making you think these gods were up there making things down there. But if you look at the Hebrew for the word Shem, the root of heaven, in Hebrew, it means there, Shem, up there. Not down here. Mm-hmm. So there was a thing thing up there first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there couldn't have been a war in heaven before there was conflict on earth. So the heavens had to be created first by a group of beings called Elohim before mm-hmm. they started to do some work on the earth. Right. But heaven is first. And right after that, it says what? Well, that's and the ha harit. Ha means the. And the harit. What does the word earth mean? Round. Place this planet we were standing on. So first they created a heaven and a heavenly host, like Genesis two will tell you. Mm-hmm. Then they worried about what was taking place or grew things mm-hmm. on earth. It's a totally different meaning as opposed to in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. That's quite confusing if you don't probe into language. The beginning. Okay. If you don't know the language, you will never be able to see. You just read it like plain. Right, and you're messing with your soul. You're reading this book. This ain't no comic book. You're reading this book as a guideline, not merely for your body, but to discipline the body so that it will take your soul on a journey back up there. Mm. To be amongst those beings or that being, if you want to say that one, who created or grew you. Mm-hmm. This is very important. 
we look at the word beginning, reishis, right? What do you come out with? A mean first, or in this place, or at that chief point. The root of the word being rashi, like I said, like the head, the head of the thing, the captain, the chief, the first, the far front. That's that same statement. And then, okay, Genesis chapter 8, verse 5. You might want to go there and see what it says. And the waters decreased, mm-hmm. continuing until the tenth month. And the tenth month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. Where you have tops of the mountains, mm-hmm. you have the word Rashis again at the head of the mountains. That's the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. That thing repeats again in Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. It also repeats again in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. So you find that raised. Mm-hmm. You hear that Rashish? That's nothing but the Egyptian way of saying Ra. The Egyptian says rain. You spelled it R-A, Ra, when they spelled it R-E and pronounced it Ray, like the rays of the sun. You're looking at Ray Shish, who was there at the beginning, in the beginning of the creation, Ray, who's called in ancient Egypt Amon Ray, or Amon Ra. Who was at the beginning of things. The Greeks are the ones who took that word, Ray, and pronounced it Ra. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, you see the word Amun there, and you know that that Amen is nothing but, it's used with a definite article in front of it again, right? It's the Amen, and that Amen was the Amun Ray, who was at the beginning of the creation of the God of the Bible. And then you go to Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, and you see how the Hebrew creation starts its beginning with Yahweh. Genesis 4, 26. You know what I mean? And to Seth, to him also they were born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. At that point, men called on the Lord, a Yahweh. Before that point, there was no Yahweh to call on. There was no prayer to Jehovah. Mm-hmm. At that point, when Enos came on the scene, that's the, mm-hmm. That's when they called on. That's another beginning. That's the beginning of prayer to uh, Yahweh, not to the original creators, the Elohim. And you have been praying to Yahweh ever since. Mm-hmm. The Lord Jesus Christ is a physical manifestation from the Elohim. Which he said, Eli, Eli, my God, my God. He is a Yahweh. That's why the name is Joshua or Jesus Yahshua, which is Jah, Jehovah, Shua, saves for his salvation. He is meant to be in a Yahweh, a physical incarnation of a God, mm-hmm. not an Elohim. So men started worshiping the physical incarnation of God way down in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, right? It says what? These things says the Amen, or Amun, Egyptian deity. The faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of Theos, the Greek word for the Elohim. This Egyptian deity, Amun, was there when the Elohim were created. And when they were being created, they watched the Yahweh be created. And that's the rain in the beginning of Genesis. Rain sheesh. That's wrong. You follow? Say that again. That he spoke an Egyptian God or deity in the Bible? Yes. Look at Numbers chapter 5, verse 22. You see it again. It ends every prayer. 
The third point, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, Sheep. If all that, and he, what does that mean? The devil inclusive, you become the sixth point. This ain't no coincidence. These are real. These things are right in front of you. So when now you go back again, you're talking about in the beginning, we're looking at Genesis chapter 1, right? It said, in the beginning what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now you got a whole different meaning of that, huh? Mm-hmm. Because if you go to Genesis, well, real quick, let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, to see why the heavens were created first and there were people there already. Mm-hmm. Who is it? These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord, Yahweh, mm-hmm. God, Elohim, made, you see, that made the earth and the heavens. Mm-hmm. So there were people host, uh, host there, living beings, in the heavens. Right. And then people were on earth. This is the true story of the beginning. It does not come from Genesis. It was borrowed from ancient Egyptian story, passed through the Sumerians, through the Phoenicians, and later on became the Torah. That you go the word Torah, the Greek Torah means law. Tanakh is what they call it. This is Reverend Dr. Malachi Z. York, pastor of the Egyptian Church of Karaska, out of Athens, Georgia. I would like to introduce you to a further study into the facts about Egypt in relation to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. All right, all right, we're going to take a quick break and come back, and we're going to play a little bit more, and then we'll get up out of here. Peace to the gods. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L.
Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. All right, all right, all right. Peace to the gods. Want to holler at me? Make sure you go to makemorecommerce.com. We'll be on the air Friday, open forum Friday. Be on the air uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern this Friday and Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So you can lock those times in. We'll be on at 7, 6 Central. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right back into it. All right. Um, we're playing tonight. It's called When Was the Beginning? When Was the Real Beginning? And When Did It Take Place? All right. And like I said, every Thursday we're going to do a metaphysical show, right? So um, I may have a guest on. I may play some clips, you know. But it's more of a continuance of if you were – here with us when we first started this station, we would do these shows. I had Dr. Phil Valentine on, things of that nature. So, working on getting some guests on, things of that nature. Um, but I think we'll start the first couple of shows like this, and you know, we'll we'll create a good foundation for ourselves here. All right. So, with that being said, we're gonna dive back into it. You right here on the bottom line, Metaphysics Thursdays. All right. Get back into it. Genesis 1-1, since they use Elohim, you will have to actually start off with one phrase. Exactly. So the confession is that when you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you see the word Elohim, that means back one step becomes Elohim to do. Back one step becomes Elohim, the single, and back one step becomes El, the infinite. You have three creations starting from a Chaldean deity called El on down, right? Starting there, El, and that El was taken over to Egypt. And I'm taking, I should say, taken from Egypt, right? And when you go to your Bible, let's look at that part of the Bible, you're going to see a missing gap. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 1, you find something very strange getting made happen right now, and it's going to really shock you, right? Genesis chapter 1, when it gets to that point, it says the earth was what? Without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. That's what he's saying. How that jumped from in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then all of a sudden it jumped into something else. Something is missing. And if you go to Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23 to 28, you're going to find out what was missing, what was taken out of there. Now, some of you don't stay back there, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And then someone will move on to Jeremiah, chapter 4, verse 23 and 28. You're going to see where six verses were taken out of Genesis and moved into this book that they call the collective book of Jeremiah's interpretation of creation. They admit that that's what it is. What does it say? Jeremiah 4, 23, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. That's boho and toho. The same word you... In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the? And the earth was without form. And? And void. Stop. And the earth is about, without form. Boho and toho. The same word is being used here. Without shape, without form, it was just a state of nothingness. Mm-hmm. But yet it exists. Right. So we had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Correct? What does it say in uh, Jeremiah again? Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23, going on down. 
throne void in the heaven, and they had no light. Again, there was no sun. No sun, no light. Correct? What did y'all say, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Darkness. Mm-hmm. One says without light. The other says darkness. These are the same books. These are the same quotes. Someone took the Jeremiah quote out, but we're going to read it with the Jeremiah quote when we go down a little further. Go back to Jeremiah again and read that. I beheld the earth, and though it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. Verse 24, I beheld the mountains, and both, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. Okay. I, I beheld, and both, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. There was no man, no Adam there. Ain't that the word there? No Adam, right there. That's the word man, but there was no Adam. This is them from the Jeremiah. Go ahead. And I beheld, and both, the free place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord. Which he had made. Mm-hmm. 
and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in which he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Boom. That's the end of Genesis chapter 1. Remember, the old Torah or Tanakh didn't have verses and didn't have chapters. Men put the verses in the chapters. Men decided where they go. They were on tablets and bones and collected. They put them together. And that's how the book of Jeremiah was able to get pushed out of place. But those men were mortals making mortal mistakes like they're doing now intensely with the Dead Sea Scrolls called the Kumran Tablets. But the Kumran Tablets are revealing things that they don't want the public to know. For one, they're in copper. Mm-hmm. And the only people who were writing in copper were Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And they, so they don't want that fact to come out. Mm-hmm. Because it says that these people were influenced by the Egyptians. Yeah, that famous society called the Espians mm-hmm. were nothing but an advanced Egyptian mystical society. Mm-hmm. They broke away from the Judaic teaching when they saw Egypt inside the teachings and realized it's an Egyptian doctrine that's been plagiarized. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go back to Genesis, you're going to read about a little too far. Like Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3, and look again. Mm-hmm. Now, go back to Genesis chapter. Two, and look at verse 4, and you'll see that that's Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Read it. See, it starts off, there's going to be a fourth verse in the second chapter, but it starts off, these are the in the days that the Lord God made the earth and the
that land. But then you have to leave that land and its provision and go to another group of people who call themselves human gods, like the Egyptians are thought to have done. Then you in actuality are going over there and worshiping those people and worshiping their way because their Egyptians took in the children of Israel, as you say, in your Bible and provided for that. And Joseph worked his way up and became a leader, and then the family came and they settled there. And then when a new pharaoh came in, when Stephanie the first went out, and Ramesses came in, Ramesses did not want to let the Hebrews go. All that are stories you made up. They're not true. The names are there. You change things around. There's no records of it. The children of Israel were not there. They were the best of us. The word Goshen, you'll find out later, is Goshen is way over near Judea. It's not in Egypt. There's no Egyptian written about no ocean. You can make up all the similarities you want. There was no such thing. Yes, there was a group of people who had tonsils on their gods who came into Egypt you find on the walls of Sethi, and they have this pink skin like Solomon. It's called a dark bed, and they have all the Judaic traditional clothes on, and they did ease their way in, and they did stay in Egypt and conquer for 40 and 30 years, and they got pushed out by Atmos and Kotmos. Notice the name, Atmos and Kotmos, Moses again. And then they got chased across the burning sand, across all up into the land of Canaan, where they got chased out of there. And their chief priests or their chief king's names were stuff like Jacob Saul, Jacob L, and Jacob Ann. And Jacob happens to be the word Yahweh, or the Hebrew word for Jacob, whose name was saying Israel. Now these were Egyptian pharaohs named Jacob. There's Egyptians called Moses. There's Egyptians called Ab, Ra, and Kemet, which becomes Abraham. There's Egyptians called Maria, the name Meta is a Maria, where you get the word Mary from, which is be Moses' sister. Hello? <laughs> Somebody's lying to you. Aaron? Aaron in Hebrew is Harun. That's hard. There's another Hebrew name. Someone has been confusing you. Someone has been taking your soul on a journey like the man in the neighborhood who's stimulating you with faith and belief, steaming up and down and jumping up and down, but he does not have your best interest in mind and heart because he doesn't know how to read. He's blind. So what do you have? The blind leading the blind. You have people going around telling people that they're ministers, that they're pastors, and they're going to save people's souls, and they haven't even done their homework. They haven't studied the language. They haven't researched ancient Egypt. They haven't even studied the land of Canaan, where the so-called Israelites supposedly came out of when they went over into Egypt. They'll find out there was no land of Canaan. The real name of the land in the Bible is Kedman, and that's also another name we have for Adam. They don't have no clue of what's taking place. What we're dealing with here is Egyptian stories. The story of Joseph is found on tablets, but it's not Joseph. It's called the two brothers, and it's on tablets in ancient Egypt. The story is exactly the same. It talks about how a guy came into Egypt and how the, one of the Pharaoh's wives wanted him and how he refused. But it's not a Jewish story. It's not a Bible story. It's an Egyptian story from a conflict taking place in that culture. Don't you find that strange? that you have everything that you hear in your Bible and your Quran in Egypt, and it predates the Bible and the Quran? Don't you find this thing? Don't you want to know if you've been deceived? Of course, no one likes to accept the fact that someone made a fool out of them, let alone a fool out of you for 400 years, and taught you their way and made you think that God looked like them and made you think that he died for your sins and then promised you to go to a heaven where you sit around and do nothing forever. How convenient. 
No one wants to come back now and face the reality that they have been misguided, that they have been lied to. But do you really want to know the truth, or do you want to stay in ignorance? If you want to know the truth, you want to really get down to the facts about who you are, and that will stimulate the greatness in you and your children and your children's children, and you won't have so much of what's going on in our lives to destroy us. We'll have a better outlook on ourselves. Our children have a better outlook on themselves. They won't be so easy led to drugs and misconduct and evil doings and all the bad things that destroy the family and the community because they'll have a sense of worth. They'll know they built pyramids. They'll know that they built complexes. They did things with their own hands that the present-day constructions companies marvel at, moving slabs of stone and wrecking stones hundreds by hundreds of tons. And man can't figure out today how it was done. Your people did. But when you go now and you look at any cathedral, any mosque, any synagogue, there's nothing there that says any divine interpretation. All the workings, all the crafts, and all the tools still exist today. Anybody can figure out how any church was built, how any synagogue or any masjid was built. But they can't figure out how you built those pyramids. And they look on the walls and they see your face there. They see your skin there. They see your nappy hair. They see your dark skin. They see your thick lips. They see your big hips. They see all the Negroid traits right there on the wall. So they can't deny who they are and who they were. The thing is, where did they end up? And I read before to you that the Bible says that those Egyptians were scattered all across the world. Everywhere you go, you'll find us. We are here in the West rising right now. This is our legacy. Jesus' concept, God's concept, Blessed Mother Mary, the Persian birth, the Holy Ghost, these are Egyptian doctrines. Don't you want to be back where you belong? I mean, it's the same Christ concept. It's the same salvation. It's the same rapture. It's the same heavenly father. It's the same aversion conception, only it's a real story and not the Roman and the Greek version of us where they change the complexion of people. Like I said, I let a man called Michelangelo draw pictures of God that look like one race when, in fact, God looks like another race. When it talks about a culture and puts it way over in the middle and fabricates a Judaic culture or a Christian culture and call it the original culture when, in fact, it was not that of Egyptian mysteries. Wouldn't it be better to know that the symbolism that you read in your Bible came out of Egypt and to know that you're the real mothers and fathers of that symbolism, that the Masonic orders, the Shriners, the Knights of Columbus, the Alhambra, the Eastern Star, the Daughters of Isis, wouldn't it be better to know all of that started with you? That you're not just a Prince Hall Freemason accepted by them in Boston, but in fact that your descendants as Moors, descendants of the Egyptians, taught George Washington, and in turn, they got the whole concept of Freemasonry from us, and then took it and Greekized it, Romanized it, then took down the altar, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and put on the Holy Bible and opened it to certain chapters, took the tools that you see in ancient Egypt still on the wall and attributed them to themselves and took the rituals and the mysteries and the passwords and changed them around to the point where they don't even know what they mean, but they're all Egyptian words. Wouldn't it be nice to know that all that is you? Well, it's you. You are the original Egyptians. Christ was an Egyptian. God the Father was Egyptian, and the Blessed Mother Mary was the Egyptian, known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. And you get the same blessings, only you're going direct 
Like Jesus said, I'm the way to keep in the light. No one gets to follow but by me. You're going direct now. You're not using a watered-down version. You're not using watered-down language. You're not using poor translations and poor interpretations. You're not using Greek-sized versions where they give you an inferiority complex by telling you that God looks like a Caucasian or God looks like a, well, I don't think he was Caucasian, but he was in the Middle East, and the people in the Middle East who are they? Do some research and find out the original people of Jerusalem, the original Chaldeans, or Chaldea where Abraham was born, was black. Do some search and find out the original people because they call it Iraq today, but Iraq was called Babylon, the original people in Babylon, it was the Babylonians, Nimrod, Nimrod was black, Cush's son, Cush means black, Ham means black, all the people you're talking about were black people, starting from your Adam down. And there was two Adams in the Bible. You just got to know how to read it. If you look at Genesis 1 and 2, you see the two stories. One is an individual called Adam, and the other is a whole group of Adamites called Adam, which is clear right there in Genesis. But people don't want to see that. The ministers can't read it, and therefore congregations and souls are being lost. They're being stopped up by the devil daily. All right? So now we're going to continue this one next You've been listening to Reverend Dr. Malachi B. York. up man um i hope y'all got some good information from that next week we'll continue to dive into these topics um just a very beginning and you know whether you are religious non-religious i think the information is good you can take the information and decipher for yourself that's why it's out there right have a free open mind to think for yourself right um but you know it's a Different take on things that we've been told Different perspectives But with that being said Next uh, week we'll be on We'll have more information to drop Check me this Friday and Sunday Open Forum Friday And Bottom Line on Sunday Again this is the Bottom Line Presents Metaphysic Thursday Exploring reality Alright Alright so we're going to get up out of here man Call in number um, It's 516 516- Five three one ninety three eighteen. That is the new caller number. It's five one six five three one ninety three eighteen. The old number, the three four seven number, uh, is no longer valid. So do not use that number anymore. Go to makemorecommerce.com. This show will be available in the archives on Blog Talk, Podcast, and SoundCloud. All right. With that being said, we're about to here, man. Y'all have a great rest of the evening. I'll holler at y'all. Peace to the gods. I miss you more.
Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network.